It is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. He is back. My man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well today. So this is your off day in between your West Coast swing of L.A. and Anaheim working the Twins TV broadcast. You know, rest up today. Ain't no off days in this business. I still I drove my kids to school today. I had to get them ready. You right. know, just there's responsibilities all the time. What's up with being an adult? It's not. It's like it never stops. Mm-hmm. See, now you see what I've been doing the last 30 years, <laughs> grinding between jobs and doing all that. stuff. It's fun, isn't it? It's a lot. I'm having fun. But I, you know what? My most fun is doing this show right here. Don't oh, tell the rest of them. Now. Don't tell the rest of them. You stop that now. Speaking of having fun, they finally did it in Queens last night. They had their first walk-off of the 2023 season. A good one against the best team in baseball, courtesy of the Polar Bear. Alonzo drives one. Deep left field. Really going back. It's out of here. And the Mets win it. Into the second deck. Alonzo, a three-run shot. And the Mets walk it off for the first time this year. Hey, thanks for coming out, guys. Let's fucking go Mets. All right, there. (laughs) Sounds like Dan Rourke right there. Yeah, well, except uh, Dan's uh, let's fucking go is a different tone in Blitzball Battle 3. <laughs> um, by the way, if you watch the clip, the rest of that clip after his interview, it's like 10 seconds of silence. Because you know, I don't know if the TV truck is telling him, hey, apologize, apologize for him. Which, by the way, the announcer should never have to apologize for somebody saying that on their air. Let's just live with it. Okay, people? There's way worse things going on in the world than somebody saying, let's fucking go Mets. Yeah, like in a positive light. Like there, there's different tones, like you mentioned with Dan and yes. the F-bomb. That's a positive tone. We're okay with that. So the other guy, we're not here to break down um, Pete Alonzo's postgame speech, although that was kind of riveting. I want to ask the question, did the Mets just turn around their season? It's an interesting question, C. Rosie. I don't necessarily buy into one game being able to turn around an entire season. Look, like it's it, it is a long season, so you're going to have some of these games like this that are excellent, and you leave feeling so joyous. Then you know today they could leave the park feeling like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? So I don't say one game is going to turn around your season. Guys can turn around your season if a guy like Mark Vientos can come up and. Lengthen the lineup a little bit. I know he was making a season debut last night. One for four with the homer. By the way, I love this guy's swing. Like talk about mm-hmm. extension. Reminds me a little bit of Ryan Braun. Like that just seems like his bat is so long when he finishes. If they can get, you know, those young guys, uh, Alvarez, Beatty, Vientos going, lengthen that lineup, Pete and Lindor going. I still like the pitching staff. I know they haven't performed up to par, but if you just kind of look at the names and look at their track record, like, there's something there. So I don't know if one game turns the season around, but it definitely brings good vibes into the clubhouse. I know they're going through in the next coming month. Uh, their schedule is pretty intense, uh, but sometimes that brings the best out in a ball club. So like, I'm not giving up on the Mets, but I'm not going to say one game turns their whole season around. Yeah. I'm not a singular moment in time. Baseball dude. I just, it was awesome I though. Can't... It was great. It was phenomenal. And by the way, I retweeted this morning a behind-the-scenes look of the anatomy of how they build that moment in the TV truck. Somebody very intelligently was rolling. It must have been on their 
on their phone. And they showed for two minutes and 20 seconds, you know, from five seconds before the pitch to Alonzo all the way up until his postgame interview, the shots the director was calling. I know it's a little bit inside of the media business, but it it's fascinating. Like, if you want to see how it's done behind the scenes compared to how you saw it on your screen, however you were consuming the home run, it was pretty damn cool. But back to the question. Um, th- this team still has some flaws in that they're really old. They're really old. Now, I get it. There were a couple guys last night that shined bright. You know, um, they all had a chance to star, right? It was Beatty, Vientos, and then Alvarez all had their chance in the ninth inning with guys on, and it was Alvarez that ended up coming through. Jolly was on this show filling in for you yesterday, and he was like, boy, it's nice for us to have some youth, some athleticism up here, kind of a different sort of ball player than we've had here the last couple of seasons. But let's be honest. If this team is going to make an about face, it's going to be the old guys that are going to get it done. It's going to be 40-year-old Justin Verlander. It's going to be 38-year-old Max Scherzer. It's going to be Mark Canna rediscovering his power. It's going to be uh, Starling Marte, you know, rediscovering his ability that he had his first year in New York. It's those guys. It's not going to be the young guys that make this U-turn. Yeah, you know, look, eventually I'm counting on some of these guys like Lindor. He has a 727 OPS. Like he he needs to be better and he will be better. And, yep. it, and it seems like there's a lot of those guys like right there on the cusp of like either your season's going to go one way or the other. You're going to continue to, you know, stay down at a level that you really haven't performed at in recent years or you're going to get back to your averages. And if they all do that at the same time, we might be talking about, "Hey, this game sparked it." But really it's just everyone getting back uh to their averages at the same time. And, you know, the weather heats up. People start swinging the bat a little bit more. For me, it's more the starting pitching. You know, I always go back to that. So, yes, we need Scherzer. We need Verlander to do their thing. Tyler McGill. Do you remember we were calling him the like the alternate Jacob deGrom? No. That was just last year. So, like, look, right. they have some pieces there. Now they all have to get it going together. All right. So uh, the Mets and Rays will wrap things up in Queens today. One of only six games. The headliner is the start of a four-game set between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. L.A. comes in. They have won six straight series, but they suffered a bad loss even when they won the game at home on Wednesday. You were there to see it. Dustin May threw only 16 pitches, done after the first inning, put on the injured list an elbow issue. Of course, this is the same surgically repaired arm that he had Tommy John. He's made just 15 starts since that return. No timetable as of yet, but it's going to be a little while at best. Um, this organization, we know they have great depth, but in your opinion, will they pull the trigger on a massive deal to aid their starting rotation at some point this year? I don't think so. And and I know we always talk about their depth, and boy, oh boy, is their depth being tested right now. If you look in the rotation at the big league level, we still have Urias, we have Kershaw, we have Gonsolin. Very nice top three starters. When you had Dustin May in there, what, that first inning, watching him throw, just warm up, it's disgusting, dude. So it's, yeah. it's a huge blow for them. Walker Bueller's talking about coming back and pitching this year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, he's moving his timetable up. He said there's nothing that he's had going on that would suggest otherwise. Uh, but I still believe there's guys in their organization that, that can come do the job. Syndergaard, I don't know how long that's going to last. Um, as a fifth starter, just trying to extract some length out of him every game, like maybe that works, but uh, we'll see how long that goes on. We still have Bobby Miller going uh, down there in AAA. We still have Stone. The guy, Kobe, that came up last uh, yesterday and had the pitch in a pinch, he looked really good. He's, 
He's a fi- he's a fill in piece. He's been overseas. He's a fill, the he's last a fill in piece, years. but sometimes sometimes fill in pieces are enough. And not in October. Some of those young guys. I know it, but we're talking about May could be back. Like May, by October, May will be back. And then Bueller says he wants to be back. So like I don't know if they pull. You're asking me if they're going to pull off a massive trade. I don't know if they're going to. I don't think the Dodgers see themselves as needing to do that because they still have some guys they can call upon. Now, if they call upon those guys, Chris, and it doesn't work out or they start to slide because they're basically running out three quality starters, then maybe they rethink that decision. But as of right now, I think they're going to try and, and and go with what they have within the organization. Talked about this yesterday with Jolly um, when Walker Bueller kind of had his impromptu press conference and said, I'm circling September 1st. I'm not guaranteeing it, but that's kind of mentally and emotionally where I am. Um, at best, he will be probably a piggyback starter come October, right? He could be the front end. He could be the back end. But if they get him in October, that's great news because last year they it felt like they were an arm short in losing that divisional round series against San Diego, which is why I'm leaning toward them making a trade here. They've got seven of the top 69 prospects, according to MLB.com, as of late April. Seven of the top 69. Some of them have come up here and contributed. Some of them have not. But some of them could be great, great pieces to go back and get a guy that you can put near the top of this rotation. (laughs) What? Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, man. If I were them, as much as I like Lucas, he's a rental piece. I would go for a guy who's multi-year in his contracts right now. You want that, but sometimes you'd rather give up less to get a rental, especially if you're counting on these guys being back for next year. I know Urias is a free agent. Kershaw, he'll sign back for another $20 million. But, you know, I don't know if they want to do that. Organizations are very stingy with their prospects. You know, you as a Dodger fan, maybe you, you hope that happens and you get a guy like, you know, the Mariners trade for Luis Castillo and they sign him. That's that's the ultimate goal that you that's want. The dream. That's the dream. But sometimes it's easier, I think, on a front office, you know, with their overall plan. You know, they want Shohei too. Don't forget about that. Like, I don't see them going out and emptying their prospect bank for a starter. Now, if, like for a rental, sure, maybe. But I think they'd rather see what they have within the organization first before making that decision. I think last year's divisional round smarts in that organization. I think it hurts, and I think they want to do everything in their power, no matter how many regular season games that they win this year, to put themselves in the best position possible. And we'll see what that means moving forward. Give me Bobby Miller. Give me Uh, Bobby Miller. You know, it's everything I've read is that people are saying he's not ready to do this every five days up here. I don't know what that means. Some guys respond at the big, big level. Paul Mulder okay. told me that. Okay, I could live with that. Uh, Braves come back to beat the Texas Rangers on an Arcia blast and late going. But the big news, the continued dominance of a pair of outfielders in this game. Ronald Acuna smashed a homer, fourth straight game. Adolis Garcia uh, in this one keeps adding to his RBI total, puts a couple more over the fence. But I want to focus on Acuna because he's been off to such an incredible start the first seven weeks of the year. How many everyday ball players are definitely better than Ronald Acuna? You know this I is a tough one for me. You this is a great question, though. This is a great – you know why? Here's why. I asked Brady. I said, Brady, because he goes, Dad, geez, Acuna is just smoking right now. I said, 
Brady, how many players are definitely better than Acuna? We came up with our list, so you go. I'm so curious to see who you have on your list. I have Fangraphs leaders since 2018. That was the debut. So I have the F4. Why no, I'm to, not. Hold on. Just, Why do you have to I stare am just, at a chart for this? I am just going to reference some things before I give you my answer. Is it okay to have some statistics on this show or what? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Thank you. Leaders in F4. Just not that one. 2018. Okay. He's 18th overall. He gets dinged up a lot for his defense, which is interesting to me. If you look at his baseball savant, everything is just like absolutely flaming hot red, 90th to 100 percentile, except his outs above average. He's the worst. Wow. In baseball. Okay. And I don't know if that's, I mean, look, defensive metrics are what they are. Some people don't right. believe in them at all. If you watch him play, like he doesn't get great reads, but he makes a lot of really good plays. His own manager says, get out of here with those statistics. I don't want to hear it. He's a gold glove type outfielder. So to answer your question, I think he's top 10. And I could see at any time he could be top five. Mookie Betts, I think is better than him. Uh, Aaron Judge, I think is better than him. Shohei Otani, I think is better than him. Mike Trout, I think is better than him. Then we start to get where there could you could go back and forth. Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, Freddie Freeman. Where are you at with those guys? I think he so sits the- within that five, five to ten range. So to answer your question, four or five players in the big leagues are better than him. The first four you named are the four I had written down on my list. Okay. Okay. And, but if you look at what he's done this year, and I I can't just live in a seven week span, I'm not going to do that. But his numbers this year are certifiably insane. He's second in batting average. He's top in slugging. He's top in OPS. He's number one in balls hit higher than 105 miles an hour this year. He's got almost 50 of those, I believe. And the next closest has got like 34, something ridiculous like that. It seems like here's here's an Austin Riley quote. And I think that it was fascinating what he said last night. He goes, you catch yourself on the edge watching every pitch because every every swing you think something magical is going to happen. And what he's doing right now is incredible. Those are the sort of quotes you heard when Barry Bonds was playing. Very rarely do you hear teammates utter those sort of words because they know how tough it can be and how guys can get on little runs. But when your own teammates are sitting there in the on-deck circle or in the dugout and watching you do stuff and they're like, oh man, here we go. Those are reserved for bonds for judge last year. That's that's where we are with Ronald Acuna. He's 25 years old, Chris. Like we we might know, dude. This where we're at right now, we're 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 ooing and awing at his season. This he could still be on his way up. Like that's the truth of this. Like he's getting plate appearances. Like I don't know how many he has under his belt now, but like you're stacking those those experiences. You're understanding the game, understanding your body more and more. Like it's we're, we haven't seen. I don't think the top of Ronald Acuna Jr. Even with the start Scary. he's had. Listen to this, dude. 96th in hard hit percentile, 99 in max exit velocity, average exit velocity, 99, expected batting average, 100, expected slugging, 100, expecting Woba, 100, barrels, 95th percentile. These are crazy statistics right here. 100th in arm strength, best arm in the league, crazy stuff. Um, Added Nolan Arenado, too, above him. Sorry. Really? 
I think so. I think so. The body of work presents itself as well. It, it's, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to bring Acuna down. I'm just saying like, there's some freaking no, no, ballers no. in this the, league, dude. Like, by the way, this think is about the no, thing th that... think about Nolan Arenado's back of his baseball. Card. He just had his thousandth RBI. I know. Think about what yep. he's been able to do. How many? It's 10 consecutive gold gloves at third base. Like he's, I feel like, I feel like I don't ever give Nolan Arenado enough credit. And now I'm bringing him Probably. into this conversation. I'm not really sure why, but you asked me the question. Two things I will say. One is when you make lists out here, like exec media executives love lists because they, they say, we don't care what you say, just say it. Cause then we'll, we'll get people talking and get people clicking and all that stuff. When people make lists, it doesn't mean that you're demeaning anybody else's ability. Like, I was walking around the neighborhood, and one of my uh, neighbors, Sam, who I really like, he comes up. It was the day the NBA announced their first, second, and third teams. He goes, man, Chris, all those people that think LeBron is better than Jordan, they're idiots. I was like, wait, why are you saying this, Sam? He goes, oh, LeBron just got third team in all NBA. I was like, yeah, but he's 38. I said, Sam, I don't get caught up in that shit because I don't care whether LeBron's one or two. Like, we make it seem like if you choose one or the other that you think the other guy sucks. That's not true. That's not what we're saying. Like, it's a, it's hard. You can only put five guys in a top five list. The other point is, who is close right now to Ronald Acuna in the National League MVP race? Nobody. Anybody? Nobody. Nobody. I'm trying to even guess who would even be close. Like, we're talking about value right now? No one. Mm -mm. There isn't I can't anyone. think of anyone. Nope. Can't come up with one guy. Wait, who's your list? Did you ever tell me? Because did you answer your own question? I, I told you that the top four were the guys that you mentioned that I had. Okay. So you have him, him at five. That, that was it. I would have him at five, but. Going this way? After this year. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. When you said he's 25 and he's still ascending, I saw a quote from Ron Washington the other day where he said, you know, when I first got here, Acuna, he just relied on his athleticism. He goes, now he's understanding what it means to prepare and get ready. And he's thinking yes. baseball. And that means that the kids come a big way because remember, we, we don't, we don't talk about him sitting and admiring his homers and the ball's hitting off the right field wall. And all of a sudden snit's got to pull him out of the game. That stuff doesn't happen anymore, thankfully, because now you just get to appreciate who he is and his hard work and his talent. It's pretty awesome. I'm a big fan of that kid. Today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you're like, what, what's SeatGeek? They are the best ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. More than 28 million downloads. SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. So a few simple instructions for you. You got one of these? It's a phone. Go to your app store, download the SeatGeek app. It's really simple. Now, this is astonishing. Blue said, well, I want to give you some stats. Here's a stat. There are more than 70,000 events every single day available on SeatGeek. That includes sports, concerts, festivals, and a lot more. They always want to make sure you're getting a really good deal. So when you go on the app, you look for a green dot. Okay? They mark all their seats. They rank them. Green dot, good. Thumbs up. Red dot, malo, bad. Thumbs down. Don't buy that one. You're not getting the best deal. And every ticket is backed by a buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek, the only site out there that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps for future dates. Very, very cool stuff. And we got the hookup here at Baseball Today. Use the mm. code word TODAY, 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off your first purchase with promo code TODAY. So click on the link in the description to download the app. Off you go. 
who knows? If you pick a green seat, you might be sitting next to my man, Trevor Plue. That's how he does his shopping at his festival. Just saying. We continue on, unfortunately, with this story. The White Sox power bats have woken up. Three more big flies last night as they have taken the first two games of a series against my Cleveland Guardians. Okay, Plue. <laughs> you have said several times on this show that St. Louis very much still in contention to win the National League Central. Even though they're still last place, even though there's several games back, are you willing to say the same thing about the Southsiders, who you have dumped on several times? Hold on. I don't know if I've ever said they have a very good chance. I said there is a chance, not very good chance for the Cardinals. Okay. Well, maybe I embellished a little bit. Maybe you embellished a little bit. Okay. This is what I've said about the White Sox. We've talked about this before. Like, I'm going down with the ship. Do I believe that they can come back and win the AL Central? In my heart, no. I don't believe that. But I've made too many statements about this team saying that I be- that I believe in their talent on the field to come back and be better than they have been. Um, is it going to be enough to win the Central? I don't think so, but like there's other ways to make it into the playoffs, other ways to have a successful season if you could just get into that wild card game. I don't know if I'm there with them. I'm going to go down with the ship. I don't know where that lands me. I guess I'm on the fence, Chris, because if I'm being honest with myself, I don't believe in them. I don't. I don't believe in this this culture that's going on right now. A couple of things that are keeping me on the fence, though, all their starting pitchers, they've had five guys make all of their starts. That's crazy to me. Now they haven't done very well, but like, like I talked about with who did I just talk about that with? Um, getting back to the mean. I don't know. Anyways, I think some of these guys are, can be better. Giolito's been all right. Uh, some of those guys can get back to the mean and, and be better. And if they all do it at the same time, we might see a winning streak. The offense is there. Elo, I guess, is. Is feeling a little bit better. He's going to make a, his mm-hmm. comeback a little bit sooner uh, than expected. So many things would have to go right for the White Sox to be back in contention for a central title. I mean, I just watched the Twins play. This is really an unbiased take. There's something different going on there. They just played against the Dodgers. Everything. They lost the series, but they were in every single game. And they they look like a pretty damn good baseball team, much better than when I watch White Sox games. So... I'm not saying it can't be done. I don't believe it can be done. But would it shock me if they made a run and were in contention for a wild card spot at the end of the year? I don't. I don't think. Would it yeah, shock well, you? Let, yes. First of all, take the word wild card out of the vocabulary. They are not going to be better than any of those teams from the American League East. They're just not. I guess you're right about that, and, huh? Yeah, when right. you because yeah. now you're only playing 13 games against your division teams instead of 19, so that opens it up a little bit more where you're not totally beating up on each other. So it's either are they going to Three be wild division cards, champs? Right? Yes. So there could be four teams from the American League East that make the playoffs: the division champ and three wild cards. There are also there are also several teams in the American League West, in my opinion, that are better than the White Sox. The only question is: are the White Sox? going to be better than the Twins and Cleveland. And those are the two teams we we both feel like could win that division. I think I think it's Minnesota's division to lose. I said that at the beginning of the year. I've watched Cleveland's offense sputter for seven weeks, and so I still feel that way. 
I just don't I agree with you on the whole culture thing. I have taught I have harped on this for the last year and a half now that there's just some mix that ain't right. It doesn't mean the guys are bad dudes. It just means that they're just not the right people together. And 20 years down the line, they're going to write a chapter or book or do a 30 for 30 on the White Sox tumultuous run since 2020. And it hadn't been pretty. I keep looking at the roster. That's the only thing that keeps to be in is like, it's like we're playing whatever. If we didn't know the results on the field and we just went by rosters, you'd be like, this team's legit. But the okay, results just haven't on. been there, dude. They just have not they're, been there. They're not an athletic team. A lot of those guys are like station to station dudes outside of Louis Robert. I'm going to make him French today. Louis Robert. <laughs> What's that about? Uh, Tim Anderson. Anybody else? A really okay. good athlete on that team? The twins, the twins, the twins are 29th in stolen bases. Their best athlete they have on the field is he's their DH. They don't even really he let is. him show his athleticism, although he stole a couple of bases against Kershaw. But I don't know if that matters. Like if you can slug your way out of that, like it's different. But like the, the results just haven't been there for them. And like yeah, but the you know, that's the only thing that keeps three me. Three to in. two, dude. They're winning games three to two. You, you, yeah. The White Sox haven't done that. The pitching staff has been all over the place. Cease has been up and down. Lance Lynn threw a good game this week against Cleveland, but he has been disappointing. Giolito's actually been their best starting pitcher. He had two, he had one crappy start, one so so start on Sunday. But other than that, he's been really good. Other than come on, it's no, it's 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 at best, at best mediocre, the results. At right. best. I don't think they're winning More... the division. I keep forgetting about how good all the AL East teams are. So I'm like, oh, they could sneak into a wild card. How many wins? 90, mm. 88 wins. It's They're not going to get really it done good. this year. Not going to get it done this year. All right, before we get out of here, more eye-popping visual from Wednesday. 43-year-old Rich Hill beating 40-year-old Miguel Cabrera to a play at first base. That was some funny stuff, actually. Or, not so funny, Zach Gallen killing a bird in Oakland while throwing in the outfield before the game. That's so sad. I've watched that a couple of times, and now you highlighted it. I don't like that. Um, I didn't highlight it. That was Bally's Arizona that did that. We okay, just okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, I love Rich Hill versus Miguel Cabrera. That is mm-hmm. incredible. I saw the stat yesterday somewhere that they first faced each other in 2005. I believe it was June 15th, yes. my birthday in 2005. Oh. And we're talking almost 20 years later, they're going up against each other. Uh, like the little subtle smiles right here. Miggy with the butt tap and Rich like, all right, bro, this is, I'm tired. Let me get back to the dugout. But they're still doing it, man. I, I don't know. That that one to me, you know, got my feels a little bit. I just think about where I'm at. And these guys are, you know, approaching 40. Rich Hill is in his 40s. Like, it's crazy to me still being able to compete at a big league level and then thinking about them facing off 18 years ago. It's cool. So that one got me. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I just, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, I probably have watched that clip like 50 times because I love at the end, you know, when Miguel Cabrera kind of looks at him as like, we really just did that. Yeah, come on, dude. Like, hey, what's up with that? Why are you hustling so much? (laughs) when When do you think the last time Miggy sprinted like that was? 
and you sniff a hit, man, even at 40 years old, you're like, okay, I need to get it. He's he, yeah, it's been hard to come by for Miggy this year. It hasn't happened a whole lot. 43 yeah, years fun. old, Rich Hill? I know. Hey, we're back at it again uh, tomorrow, right? You want you, yeah, you have time to do this before your trip to Anaheim. Are you going to stay down there the whole weekend, or what are you doing? No, coming back home. I got to be back home for uh, Isla's baseball game Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, sharp. Oh, well, you know, the good news here is that they start those games on Friday at like, what, 640 or something? We're fine, bro. I'm going to do my shows. Talking baseball tomorrow. Baseball today right after that. Straight to the oh, pregame. Yeah. Let's do it. I love this. This is really good. Uh, don't forget, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Matt Carpenter of the San Diego Padres is out. Uh, you should definitely give a listen to that. We just taped Nathaniel Lowe of the Texas Rangers. He was hilarious. My God, was he funny. Really? And there was no way. If you had told me that it was Nathaniel Lowe sitting in that chair because he wasn't wearing his hat or anything, he just looked like a dude. I was like, I didn't ask for the guy from analytics. Like I asked yeah. for Nathaniel Lowe, your 30 home run hitting first baseman. I couldn't believe it was him. I was like, Nathaniel, is that you? He's funny though. Funny. That's coming. Can out I give funny. a shout out to somebody who I saw Please and I was do. like, whoa. Yeah. Carlos Correa with the shirt off. Whoa. Mm. I didn't know he was cut me. up like that. I knew he was like, you know, in shape, but this dude's like cut. Doesn't surprise me doesn't surprise you shout out all right for our one-of-a-kind producer dan Rourke, the always entertaining trevor ploof i am chris rose we will see you friday on baseball today don't forget about blitzball battle three thursday night six o'clock eastern love yous and we got ice we'll all be in the chat see you then